Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Hurling Show. Delighted to be joined by former Down Hurler Graham Clark and former Limerick Hurler Mark Foley. Um, two massive Leinster semi-finals to talk about and then two massive Munster semi-finals to talk about as well as the Joe McDonough Cup action. But Mark, um, I suppose this is I suppose what every Hurling fans hoping for, that the Hurling Championship can really take to life this weekend because it just nearly felt like challenge matches last weekend with the lack of intensity, really. Definitely, yeah. I suppose for the uh, for the armchair fan at home, it's 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 very different, um, because like there's little or no atmosphere at the games. I mean, you could hear the in both games last weekend in Crow Park and Thurles, you could hear the the echo of, of the, the the ball being struck every time, which is a kind of an eerie type of atmosphere. So it's completely different, and um, yeah, it's certainly. It, 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 it's not the same for the players it probably is but for um you know fans and spectators uh, who can't go to the matches it's, it's it's something very different and it probably takes a bit from the overall championship feeling really and graham do you think we could really see the intensity now this weekend with the championship and so many good teams coming up against each other this weekend the thing the thing i see about it is lads um you know, were the games lacking intensity? That's the thing. It's very hard to know. You know, because of because of the pace of some of the players now, and the pace of the players are up against. I just think that I would say that Clare had every bit as much intensity as anyone. It's just that the like the the like the Rick were just super fit. I thought uh, maybe with supporters and all there, it gives that atmosphere. But maybe, like I said, if you're if you're a Clare player, a Limerick player, maybe it wasn't lacking that intensity at all. It's just a strange, strange scenario for the players and armchair followers and everyone to be watching. And, you know, um, that, that's what I find. You know, I know it does look like as if it's lacking intensity, but I think over the course of the next, this weekend, we'll know next Monday night if them games were lacking intensity, you know. But um, that's just my feeling on it. I just don't know whether they're lacking that much intensity. I just think... Um, with the way that it is, it with like Mark says, you can hear the ball being struck like a challenge game, or they're they're like some of the Christie Ring games I used to play in with 150 supporters at them, you know. <laughs> so, um, like I actually, you could actually hear Nicky Quaid, one man up, he was shouting whenever the ball was dropping on top of the half back line in the second half. Um, so you know, it's just strange, lads, and and I don't know whether we're lacking intensity or not, and it's a good question, but I think you'll find out that out next Monday night, you know. Yeah, and I suppose getting to the monster um, semi-final, the game of the weekend, Mary, just has to be Tipperary and Limerick. After last year's uh, monster final, um, Limerick just hammering Tipperary. Tipperary coming in as all Ireland champions, and amazingly, Tipperary are probably coming into this game as underdogs. Yeah, definitely, because um, I suppose if you look at uh, the performance Limerick gave in the Munster final last year, it was a uh, real top drawer stuff, and they kind of blew Tipperary away on the day. You now, Tipperary will obviously feel that they were below par in the day, which they were, and you know they probably to to a certain extent, I suppose they'll want to make amends. But uh, I suppose if you looked at, at the, the trajectory of Limerick over the last few years, they've been very impressive um, in most of the games they've played. Um, started poorly against Kilkenny last year, but for the majority of that game, played played very very well. And um, um, you know, like bar bar the clear result down in Cusick Park, um, 
the year they won the All Ireland. Um, you know, there's been no real poor performance and such. So, you know, they met Kilkenny or they met Tipperary in the league earlier in the year, started slowly but finished like a train and won as well. So, yeah, like I suppose Limerick, based on their performance against Clare, the fact that they were so impressive while at the same time probably leaving a little bit of room for improvement. You know that they'll feel very confident going in this weekend, and uh, you know where, whereas Tip are all Ireland champions and deservedly so, they were outstanding in the final last year. I don't think there'll be a whole lot between the teams, and I certainly think Tipperary will be an awful lot better than what they were in the Munster final last year. You know their their personnel will be they're probably going to be a little bit bigger, more physical, more probably more able for what Limerick are going to throw at them, um, and I don't think there'll be a whole lot between the two teams at the end of the day. Limerick probably slightly favoured, favored, but. Um, you know, I still feel these two teams will be at will be there come the um the very end of the year, like and could possibly even even meet in the final again. And Graham, this is really a game where we could see just so many physical hits you'd feel with the players on both teams. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that this is the game everyone's hoping that sort of kick starts us all to be sitting on the edge of our seats. Really, you know, um. Because of this sort of talk of the, the lack of intensity, but I don't think we'll be lacking any intensity or any. I, I don't particularly think that Tipperary will take lightly that Limerick are favourites, to be honest. Um, but I think as well, lads, do you think that the likes of an game with Limerick at that level um, does does it does it help them in a big way going into this game on Sunday with Tip maybe? Not playing a championship game for a while, you know. Um, that's that's what I was. That's why I feel this game's going to go. I think because because they have had a game. I think Limerick will be very hard to stop. Um, and especially you, you look at the way Limerick played for thirty minutes, and it was to and fro, and maybe not not much between the sides. But Limerick after half time fairly lifted the levels of what what they were doing and their passing and their movement and their work rate. And I think that's going forward in the championship in all the in all the formats. The team that's getting a bit of momentum in this championship, Leinster or Munster, and having a game or two over them, I think it'll fairly help them, you know. So I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a great point because um, you know, we might speak about it there maybe later on, um uh, a little bit about the Joe McDonough Cup, but um, you look at Antrim against Westmead. I think Westmead were, you know, a little between them in, in between the Antrim and Westmead with the bookies last weekend. But Antrim had a game the week previous against Kerry, you know, in a, in a, in, a, in the Division Two League final. So it was, a, you know, a huge game, and they managed to come out on top, which was very important for Antrim going forward. But like they wiped the floor with Westmead then last weekend, and beat them by 19 points. A huge result for Antrim, but like in the normal course of events, Antrim wouldn't be 19 points better than Westmead. You'd expect it to be a lot closer. Westmead yeah. probably would be favoured by many to win it. But this is an entirely new um, scenario uh, for Tipperary and uh, because you're not talking about a Tipperary team that hasn't played in three or four weeks. You're talking about a Tipperary team that hasn't really played competitively together in seven months. And you saw last week with Limerick and even Clare, they both started slowly. It took Limerick a full 35 minutes before they could kind of reset and get into gear again, which they did in the second half, and they were quite impressive. But for the first half, they wouldn't have been happy with their performance. And it's very difficult to hit the ground running. You know, it's very difficult to ask a team like uh, Limerick had, you know, however many weeks to prepare uh, after the Munster Championship this year. And it took them almost the first half to, to get up to the levels that Kenny set for them in the All-Ireland semi-final. You're, you know, you're stretching that out to seven months 
and you're and, and, and like whereas last week Limerick played clear, they were both coming in cold at the same level. This week Limerick will have a, a little bit more done in that they've a match under their belts. They were impressive in the second half. They finished on a high. There'll be a bit of confidence going in. Tipperary have very little done. They played challenge matches. I think they played Offaly and Antrim. So, like, this is a whole new level, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see what way they step up. I mean, it can be done, but, you know, with the gap we're talking about, you're in cold seven months. It's going to be very difficult for Tip to get up to that level straight away. And if Limerick start well, well, then it kind of, um, you'd be kind of giving the nod towards Limerick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and Graham, like, as you mentioned there, like, Limerick are at such an advantage, I suppose, getting used to the protocols and probably knowing what's what it takes like in this game with no crowds they'll probably be able to adapt to the game quicker you'd feel because Tipperary haven't been in this environment yet no no and the only thing that won't stand by tip probably is that they're a group that's been together for a good while now and you know they've, they've probably been probably doing a lot of 15 v 15 games in in the likes of Semple Stadium and and places like that and but it's just so hard to judge it, you know, the, 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 the way in which would would a year of a break or six months of a break help the likes of Shimmy, the Shimmy Callanans and all. Who am I to judge that, actually, by the way? But the Shimmy Callanans and the Potty Mars does, you know, that's what people be saying on Monday morning if Tip win. Oh, well, sure, they had a nice break and they were really fresh. And, you know, if Tip lose, oh, sure, the, 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 the long break and no, no games didn't help. So... It's just it's a, it's a hard it's a hard one to call like but oh sure we're all looking forward to it and like can 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 you see the first the first one of the first times ever maybe two teams surpassing 35 40 points do you know that's the way these teams are going now like you know um that's what I'm looking forward to I would like to see a bit more goal chances as a goal a former goalkeeper like you know I would love to see more shots on goal I don't know I don't know um I don't know if that's possible or not either, but teams are teams are really taking their points and not risking shooting from twenty or twenty five meters at some of these goalkeepers now either, lads, you know. Um that's right. so that's, that's another thing I'll be looking looking forward to at the weekend. Shimmy Callanan and Bubbles and uh, these guys, they like they like their goals like, you know. Yeah, and Bubbles is I think somewhat of a doubt going into this game, but still Shimmy Callanan and John McGrann's side do you feel there's a bit of a vulnerability, um, Mark, with Richie English gone through injury, Mike Casey gone through injury, and Barry Nash probably playing there, and he was moved back to wing back, but I'd say the last day was probably his first competitive game ever cornerback. Um, yeah. And like Claire got some joy when they went direct for that goal, but they probably didn't do it enough the last day. Yeah, to be fair, uh, like the goal, the goal that Claire scored won't be lost in any of the teams, I suppose, looking at Limerick, because it was just a kind of... Um, it was just a, a hopeful ball in around the edge of the square, but it broke. And the key thing was that it broke, so it wasn't dealt with. Now, there was a bit of confusion between two Limerick players going up, but the key thing was it broke. So, like, other teams will be looking at that, uh, you know, and, like, Tip would be far better equipped to go direct than Clare, like, you know, because Clare, I suppose, missing John Conlon, missing Peter Duggan. There's a big physical presence going out of that Clare forward line, and they're trying to work the ball around in through the channel to get into Shane O'Donnell, which is almost... You know, unless you're ahead of Limerick, the way they play, it's almost impossible to do because uh, like they they cover off those gaps and sometimes they play 11, 12 men behind the ball and almost defend like it's almost like a blanket defenseman they're ahead and then they try to turn you over and break at speed. So 
It won't be lost on tip. I think Seamus Canlon got a goal in every game last year and he'll be looking to do the same. I mean, Seamus Canlon is not a guy you're going to be lumping eyeballs on all day long, but if tip can kind of maybe um, work the ball uh, through the lines and get to a position where they can deliver that diagonal ball across in front of Seamus Canlon, you know, he'll be expecting to catch those balls, even though Dan Morrissey did very well the last day. And just going back to Barry Nash, like I, I don't know, has Barry any real experience playing in the full back line, even with his club or underage level, because it was it was all done up front. But having said that, like the last game will probably stand to Barry Nash because I, I felt he probably, you know, just a little bit nervous as, as he's every right to be. It was his first big game. He settled down okay after that. But, you know, the full back line on cornerback, especially, like is one of the more specialised positions and it's not one that you can kind of learn on the hoof. Some people can do it, um, but it's a very difficult, I mean, you almost have to, Forget about playing the ball at times, you know, your your job is to just stop your man and let the, the other guys do the hurling. And, um, you know, Barry's a good player, his pace. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what way Tip line up on Sunday, though, and what way they're going to try and get around the Limerick Challenge, especially up front. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people will be looking on. And uh, definitely the full back line, yeah, they're going to probably have a go at that and maybe go a little bit direct and maybe get the ball in, or, in, in around the edge of the square in the hope that it'll break like it did against Clare. But on top of that, I think what's what's big for Tip is in any team that played against Limerick, I think it's it, it it's very important. I think when you're playing against a team like that, that you try and get ahead, and if you get ahead, then and maybe stay ahead and force the opposition to chase the game. Well, then you can kind of create the gaps that they'll be looking to, you know, going with sharp balls through the lines to this false centre forward and that kind of stuff. And you know, but you have to be ahead and you have to get Limerick chasing the game to be in a, in, in in a position to be able to do that. And um, for Limerick, um, Gerald Hegarty and Tom Morrissey, the work they do is just unbelievable. Like they really make this Limerick forward line tick. And I suppose that's where Liam Sheedy is going to be probably looking at them too, and maybe possibly putting Paddy Mayer on one and Rowan Mayer on the other just to follow them and be in their face. Because if they can stop Morrissey and Hegarty, they'll have a real chance because the work they do to make this Limerick forward line tick is just unbelievable, Green. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, and and how do you and, and like Tipperary probably won't want won't want to follow Groot Hegarty right back and his own half back line. The same with the same the same with um, Dan Morrissey. So what do you do in that scenario? Do you let them get the ball and that's starting the Limerick running game, um, or do you push up and leave a load of space in behind? But there was one thing I I, I would I would pick up on last, and the fact that. I don't think I don't think um, Limerick will be so slow either. And having I think you'll find that Declan Han will sit sit back a bit deeper this week this week with with Casey not playing. So you know I've watched Hannan not not as much as you Mark over the years, but I've watched him and he's brilliant at sitting on the edge of the D when the other team's in possession, high ball in. Hannan always seems to be sweeping about there somewhere. So you'll maybe find that the full back will get a bit more help. Uh, with a bit more depth from Hannon this week, that's just that's just something I think that might you, you keep an eye on. You know, because yeah. because you'll find Tip with Shimmy Callanan and these boys. I think Declan Han will sit back and the and one of the midfielders may be sitting back a wee bit deeper for Limerick. Um, yeah. But it will be interesting to see does Potty Mar go and, and do a man marking job um, or or Ronan Mar. I don't know whether that'll happen or not. I think Limerick will want or Tipperary will actually want the mirror nearly what. Declan Hannon's doing. I think they'll want Potty Mara nearly sitting in at the edge of the D and trying to sweep up and a load of ball. But all those things, you're working with elite managers. You're working with players that 
players and managers that are able to adapt the situations. And But I do think as well there will be a few early balls and I don't think Tipperary will just play a running game. I think they'll want to get that ball in a wee bit sharper and try to move Barry Nash and try to move the likes of um, Tom Morrissey, high balls in off the break. It's not easy done in there, Mark. Um, no. you, know, you know, especially a breaking ball and you're not used to that. It's yep. not, um, even at the, like, say, Christy Ring level or McDonough level, if you're not used to playing full back or corner back, you'll be exposed, you know. So, again, yep. those questions will have to be answered. I don't know the answer to them, to be honest. But, uh, but uh, you're, you're, you're very right in what you're saying, like, because, um, like, you've seen teams, I suppose, over the last, like, couple of years um, in, you know, when playing Limerick, like, it's, I suppose, the... The 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 kind of the thoughts amongst hurling people is like is like Tipperary won't fear fear Limerick hurling wise, but it's the system trying to break down that system, you know. And nobody has kind of broken it down yet. Like the like Kilkenny last year, they kind of flooded the puck out the landing area. Claire the last day, like they were kind of clever in what they did with Tony Kelly and onto Barry Nash and onto Declan Hannon and and moving in and out. But I suppose the, the bottom line is is um that uh, we've seen no team yet follow their half-forward line up the field. And I think it's probably only a matter of time before, not that the teams are going to do it blindly and follow their men up the field. Like, Clare didn't do it last week. They held their two half-backs, which eliminated the goal threat. The ball went in long. They had a second fella trying to wrap the guy around. If, if Graham Mulcahy or, or uh, Aaron Galeon or Peter Casey got the ball, they have, a, they have a, a second back trying to wrap him up straight away. Um, I don't think necessarily that's going to happen on Sunday. I think maybe Tip might have one extra man in that kind of position, sweeping across the whole line. But I think they're probably, you know, if you don't follow Limerick, what they'll do is they'll work the ball in little triangles. They'll overlap you because it's probably four against three or three against two. And they'll pick off points from out the field. I think, that, you know, there was a, a huge amount of scores were, were, were picked off from 80, 70, you know, 75 yards, 80 yards last Sunday. And if you don't follow Limerick, I think it's it's not the natural thing to do because you don't want to expose your own backline. But I feel teams are going to have to start putting more pressure on the Limerick half-hour line when they are retreating back to their half-back line and try to look for some turnovers. Because, Or even ultimately, if they can force the Limerick um, rear guard to just hit it long because Tipperary will probably have an extra man back in the back line. I think you're not too far away this year from seeing something like, something like that happen because holding your position in the half-back line doesn't seem to have worked for any of these teams because Limerick, their interplay is so good, their stick passing, finding the loose man is very, very good. Um, Keane Lynch there in the middle of the field, William O'Donoghue, their use of the ball is excellent. And Declan Hannon, of course, centre-back, like his use of the ball is fantastic as well. Like So, you know, I, I, I feel for, you know, for maybe, mightn't see it this Sunday, but definitely before the end of the year, you're going to see a lot more pressure, I think, put on those retreating players. But at the same time, not leaving yourself totally exposed at the back. I was at a match there a couple of years ago. They played Wexford in the league, the first round of the league. And Wexford did something similar. They followed Limerick up the field and just kept one extra back in the back line. So you might have Aaron Galan up on his own, being marked by a man, and you have one extra Wexford back then to cover and try and read the play wherever the ball was going. And even if Aaron Galan got on the ball, you had two men on him. You know, so maybe you might see something like that before the end of the year. But I think definitely something different the teams are going to have to try because sitting your men and kind of leaving them a free ride at the back and, you know, um, the, the, their half-back line and, 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 and uh, their full-back line being loose on the ball all the time doesn't seem to work for the teams because they're so good at working it through the lines and creating chances as a, as a result of that. And, and even, did you see 
uh, on the in the match and so in, in in a couple of the games, the Dublin game and in the Limerick game, there was maybe ten or twelve scores where there wasn't anybody within the striker with five or six meters, ten meters. Do you know, and if that was at club level, you'd be saying, "Who's marking him? Who's marking him?" Do you know, right. so I, I I do feel I do feel like you know people were saying about Tony Kelly and what he scored and uh, and Grover Hegarty and what he scored. Like if you could have nullified those two guys with a man marker, you would be cutting a lot of scores out. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know that's maybe reverting back to old style. But if I was playing, uh, if I was playing, uh, if you were playing a club match in the morning against Ballier, you wouldn't be let Tony Kelly running around sure. the field with one marking him. So yeah. I, re- I think so too. I think you're going to find that, um, that the level of man marking has to improve and, and, and somebody being with a man the whole time. Um, like you wouldn't see it at football level either. There's still someone yeah. picking someone in Gaelic football, even though the men flooded back. So I do think, Mark, that is going to be probably the next phase of of hurling. Everyone, yeah. the running game there now. But I do feel that there's going to be a man marking thing. Um, yeah. Because that will not be easy for Groot Hegarty, or will not be easy for any forward if there's someone just to hold time for yeah. a Because if your man doesn't go with you, you're delighted. You can actually nearly have the run of the the picks in. Yeah. You know? Your delivery on the forwards is better. Yes, there might be someone pick you up somewhere along the line if you win a break, but you can carry, you can pass. Whereas if someone on you, it's a totally different ball game, you know. So you yeah. never know. Liam Sheedy might do that on Sunday, Mark. I don't know. He, he might. I, 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 something is going to like you'd, you'd feel that something is going to be tried differently anyway because um, holding your shape and that, like holding your shape, was fine when I was like 10, 15 years ago because. Your natural instinct when you were playing then was to hit the ball, but now it's just all these short, little, crisp passes in triangles. You know, just tr- find the extra man off the shoulder, and they can pop it over the bar from eighty yards. So holding your shape is like you might cut out the goal threat, but you see, last weekend, 35, 36 points, like that's what they're scoring, and that's what they're capable of scoring now. Like so, I feel that you know holding your shape is you know good from a point of view, not conceding goals but ultimately like they're able to work away around it now and get points from out the field so it'll be interesting to see what happens and just uh, on top of that like what you'll maybe find I'd say going forward is the half lines will become interchangeable so you know you, you, you follow that logic and we'll say Barry Heffern is playing half back and Garrod Hegarty the next day follows him up the field he could end up in the half forward position but you could also give an opportunity then to the half forward to drop back into that space that's vacated by Garrod Hegarty and, you know, if they can break it down, pop the ball out him and put it over the bar. So it'll become more fluid, I think, as as time goes on. And it's just kind of fascinating to see the the way the, 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 the thing is going to evolve and change. And it'll just be interesting to see what uh, what tip throw at Limerick at the weekend. Because I think what Limerick do is fairly straightforward at this stage. We all know what they're going to do. They have a fairly defined game plan. They're very good at it. Um, so it'll just be interesting. I, I, I think what Tip showed last year in the Munster final didn't work. They put bubbles in the half forward line, centre forward, tried to work the ball short him. But like Keane Lynch and William Adonahu, they just don't want to allow you do that because they're almost like an extra bank of two defenders. And yeah. like their understanding is so good. Like if Keane Lynch goes and cuts out that short ball to the half forward, like Tom Morrissey is on to his men like a flash. So it's like the parts all move together at the same time, such as the kind of their understanding of the game plan that they have and um you know tactics that might have worked maybe three years ago the loose center forward coming deep like doesn't seem to work against limerick because hannon wants to sit back he lynch wanted wants to clog out that space so does William who was probably natural natural center back anyway 
and uh, they try to break that down then. And if they do break it down, they have Tom Morrissey short to work it to him or Garod Hegarty or Kyle Hayes and they work towards him off the field. Then you've guys in the crowd saying, oh, geez, they're the centre-back, you want to get tight them. And if they do go tight, you have that lovely 50, 60-yard gap in front of the full forward line that the likes of Galan and Peter Case and Graham will go to town. So that's just the kind of tactical side of it. It'll be very interesting to see what happens at the weekend, you know. Yeah, and we'll come to you first, Graham, because there's so many games to get through. But um, where do you feel the win of this game is going to be? I, I do feel that the win of the game will be how, how Limerick sort of um, set up against against the shimmy Callan of, of this world. With with Casey injured, um, what are the, what what way they're going to be? You know, Tip, tip are, are, are a long time in the road of two, like Barry Heffern and Potty, Potty Marr and Rona Marr and these boys. They're they're no mugs either, like you know. So so and Liam Sheedy will have have will have a lot of analysis done on the Limerick game, and and he won't be happy with last year's monster final. So maybe it'll be a wee bit of a revenge mission too, though. So my my biggest uh, question is how can they temporarily get uh, Shimmy Callanan and their inside forward line on the ball um, with the likes of Bubbles? Yes, he might be injured or might be carrying an injury, but. That's where I see the win of the game. If Tip can get the ball in and good quality ball into Callanan, I think Tipperary could could end up um, having a big shock too, you know. And your heart is obviously with Limerick, Mary, being a Limerick man. Do you think with the with the game Limerick have had and hitting 36 points last day and probably disappointed with some areas of the performance that they might just have enough to get over the line here? Yeah, just going back to the same point again, I think the, the start... Um... Uh, having a game under our belts, uh, it, you know, it just can't be under, underestimated. And uh, I, I, I felt to a large extent they kind of got rid of, you know, some of the, the rustiness in that first half and they were impressive in the second half. So I, I just feel like Tipperary, given the fact that they haven't had a game, no real form to go on, we, you know, I have to give the the, the nod to Limerick. I, I, I think that uh, it'll be a lot closer than last year, though. I, I feel that Tip will, uh, will play very well and I think Tip will improve as the year goes on. And uh, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if these two meet, meet later on down the road as well, because uh, they're definitely two of the top three teams in the country. The second Munster final um, on Saturday between Cork and Waterford at half three in Turles. Um, a lot of unknowns really about Cork coming into this one, Graham. Um, Owen Cadigan and Dara Fitzgibbon out your injury. And the spine of the defence really at fullback and centre-back is really Cork don't really have a set position. You you probably don't know like who is going to be fullback or centre back now coming on Sunday. No, and 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 the thing is again we're talking about tried and tested. Will they run with the, the some of the players that were playing in these positions in the league early part of the league? Like um, there's a sort of a, there's a new team there with Cork really. You know, Kieran Kingston's back in again after after being a year or two away, but. There's a new management team there. There's probably a new structure of play there. Yes, they still have Horgan and Nash, etc. But it's just unknown again, lads. Um, I, I just, I just think that Cork, Cork will have uh, huge firepower with with the likes of Horgan and Harnady and these boys. Uh, and this format with those boys all playing together for a good long period of time, I, I think Cork should should still come should still beat Waterford, especially with. If Potty Potty O'Mahony is injured, that's a huge loss to Waterford. Like, um, so, um, you know yourself, there's not too many players like 
Porico Mahoney around the country and I just think that Port have been together, at least the leaders of the group have been together a good while now. And I just think with Nash and uh, and, and, and a bunch of players, to me they look like a group that that um, might see this as an opportunity to win in All Ireland. Yeah, and Waterford, Liam Cal um, has come in this year, Mick, and probably most thing he's known for at this stage is coming straight in and dropping Mark Shannon and Noel Connors, a real statement of intent. But like, Waterford have just been so disappointing in Munster in the last two years. You'd have to feel there's going to be a real kick in their step because they're on the easier side of the draw. Definitely, and to be fair, they were a lot more impressive in the league uh, this year. Uh, the few games I, I saw them, I saw them against Limerick. They were very, very game for a lot of it. Like, and uh, you know, looked to be very good spirit amongst the group. And you know, they were doing a lot of things right. So, um, yeah, I think Waterford will be, you know, be much improved this year, and they'll see this as a real opportunity. I, I, I think, um, you know, like Corker, you know, Corker always very good with the ball. Um, no, Cork team likes playing at this time of year. Um, they wanted flying around the place in the middle of summer, um, and as 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 the least amount of physicality as possible. So you Watford are going to have a go at this. They'll get stuck into them, and they'll try and make it as tight as possible. Try try to make every ball kind of a contest. Um, but having said that, like I still think Cork, even with you know a lot of questions about them, um, I still think they'll be good enough to to win. Um, Again, there's a bit of uncertainty about their team, um, as you say, the spine, which is a big, which is a big, um, a big uh, question mark over Cork teams over the last number of years, is is, is not a hundred percent. Although I, I watched a lot of the club games, and one Cadigan was actually very impressive this year for Douglas, and Mark Ellis has been there for a few years as well. You know, didn't get the credit I felt that he deserved. I think he was very, very good on teams that Cork, you know, Cork teams that were beaten, but um, you know, on the ball, Cork. You know, still outstanding. Patrick Horgan, probably one of the best forwards in the country. Their skill level on the ball is 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 top class. And uh, you know, I just feel with Cork, like if they can match what they do on the on the ball, you know, with a bit of work off the ball in terms of the tackle and turnovers. And I, I think any statistician will tell you like that they're probably you know they're they're definitely not one of the strongest teams when it comes to their their work rate and that off the ball. But if they can bring that to a higher pitch this year under Kieran Kingston. You know, I feel this is a this is a game that they 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 they, they will win, and I think uh, you know any Cork team then when they get a few wins under under their belt and a bit of confidence, they're they're very dangerous. And Graham, um, Austin Gleeson really looked like a man revitalised in this year's club championship. His his physicality, the shape he's in, and like it's just so hard to know where he could play for Waterford this weekend. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's the thing about him, you know, like Mark said earlier there about, you know, sometimes you play him 11 and try to try to get them, try to get them out and try to drag the number six out the field a wee bit. But that's nearly dragging the way Hurland's gone. It's nearly dragging him into traffic now. So where can, where would you play him at, at his best position? You know, do you play him at six to sort of let him sweep and attack up the pitch? Nobody seems to know, but that that's the thing about, where I see Waterford, like, isn't it a shame that the likes of COVID came along for the likes of Liam Cahill? Because there was a massive positive at the start of the year for Liam Cahill and the way they were playing. Yes, he dropped a couple of players, but, you know, the way they were playing, the way they were starting to come again, and then COVID came, how, how does he implement the game plan um, in the space of 
seven or eight weeks. We've all probably done it where clubs or whatever in the past couple of months. It's very hard to do. And that's why I think Cork will have that wee bit over them. Um, yes, Waterford, any time the likes of Austin Galician's playing for Waterford, they'll have a chance of winning anything. But I just think, where do you play him? He hasn't been probably used to playing. Like, Did he even play too many games over the league? I know he come on maybe in some of a couple of games. I, I don't know. I just think that um, it's very hard to choose where you would play one of the best players in Ireland after him maybe not playing to a system or whatever in the league. Um, so I don't know to be quite honest with And Mark, um, is Desi Hutchinson a man you throw in now with poor Mahoney injured? Well, he was very, very impressed for his club, wasn't he? Um, um, and again, in winter conditions, look very good. His movement is good. Like he's got pace. He's left and right. Very, very good. So, you know, I suppose to all intents and purposes, it looked like uh, he was he was going to be on the team at this stage last year, and maybe found a step up. Like you know, didn't make it straight away, um, but certainly, like based on what I've seen of of him over the last twelve months, he'd be one of the one of the first forwards on on the team sheet, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, because um, you know his movement is very, very good, and he's a clever player and be able to manipulate space. And once he gets the ball in his hand, he's able to finish. But I wouldn't be too concerned about his earlier league form, you know, which wasn't as good as maybe the club form was uh, pre-Christmas. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly um, after coming back from from uh, from across the water, he, he looks a very good prospect. And maybe he needed that uh, few games in the league just to bed himself in. And even though there's a, a long gap since, even though he's been very good with the club and that, um, he looks like a, certainly um, a big addition for Waterford going forward. Exactly, um, and James Hardney, he's just been the biggest ball winner really for Cork in the last few years, and is that where Waterford really have to target, because you would question Cork's ball winners if Hardney can win it in the half-forward line grade. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the thing, if, if, if Hardney gets tied up and has, and has a good strong ball winner on him, where did Cork go then, they maybe have to go short? Or they maybe have to go to different wings and stuff, and that's what Corp have to unearth. You know, um, I, I, I don't know how they would... Like Nash, Nash is probably the best striker of the ball in Ireland as a goalkeeper. He can find people anywhere in the pitch, but if you're, like, like, like Mark was saying, if you're playing Limerick and the 12 men literally behind the ball, there's not too many pockets you can put the ball in front of some of these Cork, Cork players, you know, and that means your likes, your Horgan's living as scraps, and... Um, some of these court forwards are living the scrap. So I think it's I think it's a thing through with a lot of the teams. If you if you, the likes of Limerick there is able to they have two or three big ball winners in the forward line. Kilkenny have a couple of big ball winners, and that's what they you know tip tip even can win good strong 50-50 balls. And court are going to have to court are going to have to do that. You know they're going to have to. And that's if you were if you were Liam Cal, you'll be saying well. I want one of my best catchers of the ball or one of the best players onto the ball, Mark and Harnady, this weekend here. It's better, they have to. And then that's plan B then for Cork, really. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But um, Harnady, I don't know who else plays plays in the half-forward line. Uh, Robbie, Robbie O'Flynn, is he out? I think he's suspended. He was strong in a couple yeah. of games. I've watched him very fast. and you know. But again, I know that Jerry Cunningham and all these boys down in Cork again, they've got a group of Get the people together. Christy O'Connor's in with Cork. Um, the, these boys will know that that if if Harnedy's tied up, they'll they'll have to go to a plan B or a different game plan. So, um, 
I would like to think it anyway, you know, <laughs> at that level, that's what they'll have to do, you know. And Matt, do you think Waterford are going to really kind of flood it defensively and play with huge numbers behind the ball and hopefully play, well, not hopefully, but play with an inside three, maybe Stephen Bennett, Desi Hutchison and Jack Fagan. So when they turn over that ball, they can go direct and really punish Cork. Yeah, I think that's exactly the way they're going to play it. They'll be looking at, you know, looking for turnovers and then move the ball very, very quickly and making the right decision then um, based on that. So, I mean, you know, if they turn the ball over and, and the long ball is on, they'll go long. But if they have to go short, if there's someone coming deep, they'll do that as well. So a lot of the modern game, of course, is just about making the right decision, not overexposing yourself at the back, clogging up those channels and basically just moving the ball. And I think what I saw from Waterford um, in the league, that's what they're trying to do. And uh, they have a very, very high work rate. I think they're in better shape now that they, uh, this year than what they were last year, able to maintain a higher work rate for longer. And uh, obviously he's freshened up the panel there a bit as well. He's brought in a, a couple of younger players that maybe weren't on the team last year or the year before, maybe are just coming into the panel now. So there's there's a youthful exuberance about them. And um, yeah, certainly, I suppose, one of the more honest Waterford teams um, I've seen um, based on this year's league. Um, work very very hard for each other and um, I, I feel they'll, they'll want all of that and that's exactly their mantra probably will be against Cork will be you know try to outwork them and uh, make it a scrappy and um, you know even though probably Watford's natural game wouldn't be getting physical they'll try to maybe out, out, out muscle Cork and, and outwork them in around that middle third and uh, you know Every one of those balls you win then is a small little win and will give them a little bit of confidence then. And if they can get the right ball into that full forward line, yeah, they're certainly capable of doing a lot of damage. And that football for full forward line, they'll fancy themselves against that uh, that Cork full back line, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then you're probably looking for Gord Graham, Connerly Nan, Shane Kingston and Patrick Horgan inside. Shane Kingston really looked like a player just before lockdown who was really beginning to make the step up. And Cork will be looking to get the ball indirect, but it's probably going to be very hard at stages because, as Mark mentioned, Waterford's game plan is going to be to play with numbers behind the ball. Yeah. Well, the one thing that was impressed me with Kingston in the early part of the league was his work rate. He was coming out the half-forward line and he was working very, very hard to get the ball. Um, so Cork will be trying to, I think, with the, with the way things have gone, um, I think Cork will be trying to work rate in a big way. You know, people have the perception, you know, of Cork being lovely hurlers and this and that. But I, I think Cork's going to have to go to your, the same style of play or the same attitude as your Limericks and your Waterfords and your Tips to try. Because, like Mark said there, everyone in Ireland knows that Cork have the hurlers. So so what are they lacking then? Is it work rate? Is it uh, high ball, aerial ability? What is it? So, you know, I think you'll find that Cork will want to lay a marker down on Sunday too. Listen, lads, we are going to outwork Waterford not Waterford outwork us, but again, these things remain to be seen because these teams haven't played in so long and, you know, um, with with even Cork coming in early in the season there, you, you, there was a different style of play and a different way they were trying to maybe work the ball, but it's going to be very difficult on Sunday, I think, on, or not on Sunday, but before Sunday to judge these teams, you know. Absolutely, and who, who do you think is going to get over the line and into a monster final here, Mick? I think, uh, yeah, I... I I'd have to back Cork, but I'd give Waterford a good chance here. Um, now, I said, like, you know, growing up for years, like, 
the story would always be that Cork always wanted a dry ball and that hasn't changed like um so you know Cork won't relish playing at this time of year um but like they have the hurlers um but you know if they kind of ally that to a better work rate and I suppose I'd be expecting maybe that they've done a bit of work in the tackle um, their tackling is probably at times maybe too honest in terms of like if they don't tackle a guy they're inclined to foul. So that you know, with the with, with so many bodies behind the ball now, the way modern hurling is played, like you can afford to just half tackle and leave him off and just slow him down because you have the numbers and you gotta trust your defenders with you. So maybe a bit more savvy in that in relation to their work without the ball, I think if that can be improved upon and their technique and the tackle can be improved upon, Cork definitely have the hurlers. Um and you know we've we haven't seen it that much in the last 15 years but how many times have Cork been written off at the start of the year and gone on and won in all Ireland like it's it's happened a lot of times a lot of people saying it won't be done this year and but um I don't think anyone would, would relish Cork with their tails up um if they get the Crow Park because um this is a, a one-off championship and I, I think they'll uh, get off on the right foot and beat Watford at the weekend um moving on to Leinster the first game on Saturday Dublin versus Kilkenny in Crow Park um, at quarter to four on Saturday, the 31st of October. And you really feel Dublin, they've got so close the last few years to different teams. Um, Wexford, Kilkenny, beating Galway last year. You really feel they want to drive it on now to a new level, uh, Graham, and stop being known really as that team that comes along every now and again. Yeah, yeah Dublin as well. Have have a huge panel of players. Like when you see when you see some of the subs I brought on there against Leash, um, like Dylan and Liam Rush and and these guys. Like you know, if you're building a panel of players and you, and you're able to bring on two or three subs like that, a bit like Limerick actually bringing on like bringing on those three or four subs at the end. Like it shows you the strength and depth that they have. They're able to bring on the likes of Liam Rush and 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 Trollier and these boys and and Mark Schutte. So I think Dublin will be a serious challenge for Kilkenny at the weekend again. I'm going to say it again. They've had a match over them. Um, Kilkenny, their 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 in-house games are renowned across Ireland. So they'll probably be well prepared. <laughs> they'll probably be well prepared going into the match as well. I would say Cody Cody will have the whistle through well to the side <laughs> in the last few months. But uh, it'll be interesting to see now. Um, I, I was down in Kilkenny last year, Dublin v Kilkenny last year at the game, and there wasn't a massive pile between them. Dublin's physicality and fitness is touch, is bordering on Kilkenny's. You know they're big, fit men. Um, not easy, not easy. The defence is tough, teak tough defence. Uh, Dublin and Matty Kenny has unearthed a couple of more players there, added in, added them into the panel. So. I don't think, again, that's going to be a tough game. Everybody will be probably expecting Kilkenny to beat Dublin, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Dublin beat Kilkenny on Saturday night. Like. And Mark, you'd have to say Kilkenny are probably the one team that are probably a small bit happy that there's a knockout championship. Well, not a knockout championship, but not a round-robin championship. Yeah, I, I think Kilkenny are like Tip, like they've been on the road for a while. They've been Galway probably in the same boat. Um, like everyone prefers to be playing hurling during the summer, but but having said that, the other like the um 
the short nature of the championship is going to be over in a few weeks. Um, I don't think Kilkenny will be will be too bothered about that. It's a it's a kind of a, a sprint for the line, and uh, you know there's no long build up, and um, there's no the, the, you know you're going to pick up a few knocks and injuries and stuff like that. But um, you know it, it, it's it's a relatively short window, so it will give them an opportunity to go in and just give it one lash for you know the five or six weeks, and hopefully come out the right side. And like they have great players, Kilkenny. Not as strong as obviously they were maybe 10, 10, 10 odd years ago, um, but they have some fantastic players. And I think it's very simple with Kenny. If they can get TJ Reid on the ball, Colin Finley, these guys, they will do damage and no team in the country is going to is going to stop them. You can try and limit them, but uh, at the same time, um, what Graham said there is 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 um, is crucial. Like Dublin have their game got already, and their and their team looks to have a lot more pace than what it has last year. It'll just be interesting to see can they can they match the power of Kilkenny when it comes to it because you know they had the likes of Liam Rush in there last year and Mark Shute had these guys. Um, they're on the bench now this year. Um, and what subs to bring on? Like if the game's in the mental pot, Conal Keeney wasn't even on the bench last week. I don't know what's going to be the story with him this weekend. But you know, playing in Croke Park is a little bit different to playing in Parnell Park or even Nolan Park. It's a bigger field. The ball is moving a little bit quicker, and Dublin have plenty of pace. Like you look at, you know, their team last weekend, and like Donald Burke was outstanding, both from freeze and from play. Great skill level and pace as well. Like they've moved Chris Crummy up into the into the forwards as well. It'll be interesting to see how he does against Kilkenny, but he's a very honest player as well. And it also gives them crucially that ability to kind of go direct because they play a sweeper. So Kilkenny will probably have an extra man in the back line. So to kind of go around that, they have the ability to go along. If you can kind of compare him to Clare last again, Clare didn't really have that outlet, but it's important when you are playing against these teams that hold men back. Can he have an extra man that they can go along? And if he doesn't win it, he'll break it. And if he if he wins it, he's very good to throw it out. And they have good finishers in the likes of Donald Burke and um, you know Eamon Dillon came on there, got a great score as well. He's a great guy to bring on. He'll be looking to start this weekend because he's a load of pace as well. Like so, you know Matt and Kenny's there a couple of years now. They'll be looking to do something this year. They were very close last year. Uh, they got a great result against Galway. And uh, you know I I kind of feel that they were a right good chance here now if they. Um, if they kind of step it up another gear from their performance last week against um against Leash they're in there with a right chance because Kilkenny are coming in like tipped coming in cold and you can play all the training matches in the world and I know we heard we've we've heard all the stories about their legendary training sessions, but they don't have the same quality as they had ten years ago for that fifteen on fifteen and uh, it'll be just interesting to see how Kilkenny come out. But yeah, I know Brian Cody he'll have them ready because uh, you know, he's well able to, to to trigger a response out of the, the lads at Kilkenny and they'll be looking forward to it too. Yeah, and I suppose with Chris Cromie moving up to the forwards, Sean Moore moving to midfield, um Owen O'Donnell, probably one of the best fullbacks in the country. You'd expect him to pick up Colin Fenley. But Graham, who for Dublin is going to pick up TJ Reid? Because if they are to cause an upset, that's going to be key. Um, there's, there's, um, um, I know the sex there, Dara, Dara, what do you call Dara him? Gray, yeah. Dara Gray could probably pick up. But will he? You know, would Dara Gray have the pace for TJ Reid? But it seems to be that, you know, that's that you would have to. I think Matty would have to put a marker on 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 TJ Reid. You couldn't let him run around like Tony Kelly at the weekend, or you could get even more damage done. So I do think that you'll find that someone will mark him, and then maybe try to have some the the the, the runners sweeping back into uh, space in front of again. You know, you go and if, if the pick if the pick pick TJ Reid at eleven, 
and someone goes and mark him. TJ Reid goes and stands midfield. That means there's a load of space in front of uh, <laughs> Big Fenley at full forward. And Owen O'Donnell maybe is the best fullback in Ireland. Um, but if you if you hit the ball, if he gets enough ball in, Colin Fenley gets enough ball in, no matter how good you are, he's one big, big, big man um, and can move as well. So I, I, I personally think this is most one of the most intriguing games of the weekend, to be honest. I think that after Dublin playing that one game, Kilkenny coming in dry, um, TJ Reid and Colin Fenley seem to be playing very, very well for their clubs as well. Um, I think the boys will see it as an opportunity for an All Ireland as well, like you say, Mark. A good sprint finish, six, seven weeks, get it done. And there's no better man than Cody to to be getting a team prepared for the likes of these games. And like if you think about it as well, I was just thinking about it there before before you come, we'll, we'll come on on air. Would would the Kilkenny players have played more games in Croke Park than the Dublin players? You know, like Mark, you said it there. The Dublin players probably played a load of matches. Um, especially the new players, a load of matches in Parnell over the years, but probably not didn't play as much as the TJ Reeds and 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 the and, and uh, Killian Buckley's and all the all the whole panel of Kilkenny players probably played in Croke a lot and they'll probably be used to it a lot more, you know. So um, no, it's going to be interesting, but um, some battles all over the pitch, like um, with with the new sweeper that with the new sweeper system too. Matty's dropping the man in there. What what will Cody do? Will he push a man on, or will he will he let that sweeper sweeper sit in there? I, I, I don't know. Um, what do you think, Mark? Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. Like Connor Burke was very very good as as sweeper last weekend against um against Leash and came up with a couple of points as well. So very impressive. Like and you know whoever they put on TJ, like Connor Burke is just going to have to be very very mindful of where TJ is all the time. And I suppose. A lot of sweepers would just want to get on the ball and play and maybe get forward even and get scores. But, you know, you have to be very cagey with TJ around because he, he tends to try to drift into the full forward line and he'll probably move all around the place and, you know, look to pick up a goal or two then kind of um, against the run of play as such. And he, you could find, like, did he get a goal in the edge of the square and he'd be the only one in the full forward line. So he's TJ's movement is top class and he's absolutely brilliant in the air. Like, so... I don't know if I was Conor Burke, I'd be hoping to be goal side of him anyway whenever he gets the ball and just make make sure and make sure it's a point rather than a goal. But it'll be very interesting. Like the only thing about Kilkenny is like we'll say when they were playing there with, with their great team back in the, the mid two thousands, like teams played sweepers against them. Davy Fitz uh, went, went at him with, with a sweeper and that, and they just didn't mind. They just lumped the ball down long, whether they had six against seven or six against six up front because they had the ball winners to be able to do that. Not so sure they have that amount of ball winners anymore. Like, Teej is obviously very good, Colin Finley. Teams are better organised now as well. So, I think Kilkenny, with the ball, are going to have to be a lot better now than what they were, especially you looked at last year's All-Ireland final, their use of the ball was, um, you know, was kind of poor, and uh, especially it was kind of magnified because they were down a man with Richie Hogan after getting the red card. So they're used to the ball if they're playing against Dublin at the weekend will have to be better, and they'll just have to, you know, get those big stick passes to the man in space and try and pick off scores from out the field. And, you know, when it's suitable, then go to Colin Finley and go to TJ and go to these guys. But definitely the supporting cast, I suppose, from Kilkenny 
will have to be better uh, this year than it was probably last year to to, to manage to, to win in All Ireland. And I'm sure the rest of the forwards, to, you know, they have a big job in their hands to to support the likes of TJ going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Richie Richie Hogan is back as well, so it'll be interesting to see how Richie goes. You know, he's a very important player for them as well, and I'm sure he'll want to kind of erase the memories of of last year in Crow Park. And uh, no better man to do it like if he's on form because Richie's a super hurler as well, and if he's free of injuries uh, with his back. And that he'll be a, he'll be a huge threat for Dublin as well. And will Porrick Walsh pick up? Will Porrick Walsh pick up Donald Burke, or who'll be queuing up? They'll all be probably queuing up to mark Donald Burke now. Donald Burke probably had a had a probably wonder game, and yeah. Matty he's probably thinking, "Jeepers, I wish you had a I wish you had a took a wee bit easier on Leash there, because well maybe that'll be Cody starting to be pencil down, right? Who's my best defender? I might have to get him on Donald Burke for the weekend, lads." Um, so Donald Burke will, will be definitely occupied with somebody. I don't know whether it'll be um, um, Porrick Walsh or not, but um, Porrick Walsh seems to play full back a lot for them now, doesn't he? Yeah, but he seems to be the go-to man in relation to you know blotting out maybe opposition's better players. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him on, on the likes of Donald Burke. I know he was on the edge of the square last year, but you know it, the likelihood is that Kilkenny are going to have six backs against Dublin's five forwards. So... You can be sure, like Donald Burke is going to come in for you know some attention when he does get the ball. So, you know, th- th- there's going to be plenty of bodies around him, and you know, he's I suppose he's meant to be tested. I suppose last week, even though Leash did play with the the extra back as well, um, you know, Donald like he he has great great skill and his pace as well. He was able to he threw the ball over one of the Leash guys' heads and just sprinted away from him, but. I don't think that'll happen this weekend. It'll be any score you get will be will be a lot more hard won. But um, hard. yeah, but based on but based on what we've seen last 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 um, last week, and you know, just watched him in Fitzgibbon Cup as well there over the last you know couple of years. He's he's a talent, and um, you know he's got a, a few forwards there. But like Danny Sutcliffe, great to see him back as well, and he'd be looking to. Um, to improve on last last year's performance because, you know, six or seven years ago, and he's still not a young guy, he's only about 27, 28, you know, he was definitely one of the top players in the country, like, and he'll be looking to step it up again against Kilkenny, and, you know, mostly against Kilkenny, he does perform as well. Yeah. And, Mac, um, just back to you again, um, it's very hard, actually, to know the Kilkenny team that could start, um, probably especially at midfield, because you could have Connor Fogarty, Connor Brown, and then... Young Owen Cody, we've seen Brian Cody give young lads his chance. He could easily throw Owen Cody in, and we don't know how fit Adrian Mullen is either. Yeah, when Adrian was just just back um, for the um, the All Ireland, yeah, for the um, the county final, wasn't he? He was yeah. only just back training that week, I think, or maybe a couple of weeks before. Um, so look, he's a massive talent for Kilkenny, um, and it just shows the strength of Belly Hale when um, they were able to get over the line without him this year and with Michael Fenley retired as well. So look, um, I'm not sure what the story with, with Adrian Mullen is. If he is available for selection or he's going to figure on the team, like it's a massive plus for Kilkenny because, you know, his graph is on the rise. Um, he, he's a young player and, um, you know, he, he, he's a very, very good forward himself. TJ Reid and Colin Fenley, like from the one club in the forward line, you know, that's straight away a very, very strong forward line. Um, it's interesting on Cody, like... Um, Again, um, very, very good player. Um, um, plays centre forward. Um, was 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 very impressive this year as well. And uh, I don't know. I, I, no one seems to know because you, you have no form to go on. So, like, if you had a, a full league where you saw one Cody, you say, yeah, 
you know, this guy looks like the real deal. Um, you'd say you'd be looking forward to it, like, but you know, to throw a guy in like that with no intercounty experience, like, it's a big gamble. But like, I'm sure Brian Cody, Brian Cody will. I mean, it's not like he's thrown in guys before, and of course, to the outside world, it looks like he's taking a big risk and he picked them from nowhere. He'll pick guys based on how they're going in training, and whatever 15 goes out for Kilkenny will be the 15 that's on form and showing the best appetite and the best form in training, and whatever Kilkenny team goes out. They'll be very, very hard to beat. They'll be well motivated. They'll be well organised. If they can kind of tweak a few things, maybe use their, the ball a little bit better, um, there will be um, a big threat going forward. And, you know, they're like a juggernaut. When they kind of move forward, get victories under their belt, they're extremely, extremely difficult to beat. And, uh, you know, they won't be looking too far down the line at all. You know, they'll see this Dublin challenge. It's a huge challenge. They were impressive last, last week against Leash. Dublin have a lot of pace in their attack. If the game is loose and open and um, they start running at Kilkenny backs, well, then they have every chance. And Kilkenny's job will be to close that down, close out the space, turn them over as often as possible and snuff out any hope that they have. But I, I just feel like I give Dublin a very, very good chance in this. They had a good game under their belts last weekend, uh, ex excellent in the second half, and they have massive options off the bench. So I think this is going to be, you know, there's a lot of hype about Limerick and Tip. This is going to be a really, really good game, and I think this could go to right down to the wire as well. And whoever comes out on the right side of it, I think they have serious momentum going going into the next round. And Graham, who are you looking at uh, winning this top and country? Oh, um, you picked me first, then. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, probably um, based based on last week's performance, um, albeit Leash were were missing a few players, probably from. From from the the previous summer when when the when the when the nip uh, Dublin, I'd be going I'd be going for 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 Dublin. But I think I think that um, I know Dublin's coming in after after a game last week and all. I just think Kilkenny will see this as an opportunity for for uh, to get into a Leinster final and a, and a quick route to All Ireland. I think these players that have been on the road for a while will just say, listen, we really need to put a big effort in. Um, really put a massive shift in and and and, and try to get an All Ireland here. Um, that I, I'm going to go for Kilkenny in this game. Hey, along the similar lines, Mark, or do you think there's an upset on the cards? Uh, no, I'd have to go with Kilkenny. I, I, you know, Kilkenny and Crow Park. Um, you'd want everything going for you to beat them. I do think Dublin have a great chance. I think they're going to go the right way. I think they're going to try and move Kilkenny around, around the place. And, you know, like a lot of the, the, the way the modern game is played as well, I think what's crucial for Dublin is to get a good start and get ahead. And if they get ahead, then they have every opportunity of opening up the Kilkenny backs. Um, Kilkenny, you know, they, they, they'll just do what Kilkenny do. They'll play hard, they'll play physical, they'll move the ball fast, try and get TG on the ball as often as possible and look for goals to kill off Dublin if they can at all. You know, if Dublin can keep a clean sheet, get a good start, have a great chance but I'd have to go with Kilkenny I think you know Kilkenny will be very very sore about what happened in the All-Ireland final last year and they'll be looking to get back and make amends and it's the perfect championship for the likes of Kilkenny the likes of Tip the likes of Galway who are on the road for a while to get back on the horse and you know win an All-Ireland within, within six seven weeks I think it's a great opportunity for them and I think they'll be look, licking their lips and uh, I'd give them the nod even though it is at a disadvantage not to have a game under their belts yeah, and the final um, Leinster semi-final and the final action in the Lee McCarthy this weekend, Galway and Wexford, another in Trollin encounter in Crow Park as well on Saturday, the 31st of October at quarter six. Um, Davy Fitz has 
been doing remarkable work, but Wexford are still going to look back at last year and how they lost that all Ireland semi-final because they looked in control, but they just didn't use the extra man that day, Graham. And they'll be looking now to push on, but they face a huge task this weekend. Yeah, well, Davy, Davy's got 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 his players in for an extra few weeks there before before most of the rest of the county. So I think I think that'll stand by him. I think he won't dwell too much on last year. I think he'll say, listen, you know, last year's gone, lads. This is your opportunity again. I think every manager is going to be telling every every group of players, listen, lads, this is an opportunity for an All Ireland. This is Wexford's opportunity for an All Ireland. He's had them in early. They know the game plan. Like like the beauty about Wexford is they have been together on the road now with Davy for a good while as well, and and every man should nearly know his uh, the run of his possession and the game plan and the style of play. So there'll be nothing new. I don't think with Wexford they'll play a sweeper. They try to they try to reinvent a sweeper or two. Um, you know, he but maybe have two sweepers. Sure, you wouldn't know with Davy, but he'll be well well prepared for Galway, and and I just think that. With him being there for for the, that 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 amount of time and the players the same mostly the same amount of players, good young team fit. I I see Wexford as a serious threat going forward. Um, maybe with a wee bit of hurt in them from last year. Um, but I don't think he'll dwell on it too long. I think he'll want right lads. We'll right the wrongs from last year and we'll push on. We'll try to get back to an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, and with the Galway team, then Mac. There's probably going to be a lot of new lads in the next day. A new manager, Limerick man, of course, Shane O'Neill. Um, I'm probably going to see Fintan Burke, a fullback uh, from St. Thomas's, had a terrific club championship. Um, probably Kyle Mannion at midfield, David Burke at front forward, Shane Cooney at centre-back. So it's probably going to be somewhat of a new look goal team. Yeah, like, it's, 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 it's difficult to know, you know, where whereabouts Galway are like they like the like the most of their team are still there that won the All Ireland a few years ago even though they might be on the field next weekend. Um, they have a huge physical presence as well, um, and like they'll be they'll be fancying themselves quietly and they seem to be written off in a lot of quarters as well, which I don't really understand. Like because I think like they went down to they went down to Kilkenny last year. Uh, and being Kilkenny, you know, first time in, I don't know, over 70 years, I think Kilkenny were beaten in the championship at Nolan Park and a massive result. And they didn't have Joe Canning and they were saying people were saying they relied too much on Joe Canning. And they just went straight in afterwards, the week afterwards, into an ambush by Dublin in Parallel Park, which has happened an awful lot of teams. Dublin are a very, very difficult team to beat in Parallel Park because it's a small, tight, con you know, the confines of the field are very tight. Crowd is in on top of you. And uh, Dublin get a bit of, bit of momentum and they're very hard to beat. So I think Galway are still there, thereabouts. I think they'll, you know, they'll need a big performance though against Wexford to get the show on the road. Not so sure they're going to win in All-Ireland with the team, the kind of that you're alluding to there. I think if they're to win it, it'll be going, to, going back to something similar to what they had maybe two or three years ago. And kind of gambling with the fact that they'll show enough form for the five or six weeks to stick in there and win because, like... Relatively speaking, like Joe, probably 31, 32, and most of their team is young. Um, David Burke is a lot of miles in the clock, all right, but he's a super hurler. Um, and they have a big physical presence. Dahi Burke was very impressed for Turlock Moore this year up around centre forward. Not so sure is, is that his best position like. I'd probably like to, to see him back still around the edge of the square because I think on farm he's one of the best fullbacks in the country. Joseph Cooney, where are they going to play him? Where are they going to play him? Connor Cooney, where is he going to figure? Very impressive for uh, St. Thomas's in the county final. 
uh, looks to be getting back some of the form he had there a couple of years ago. So I think key for Galway is that, you know, getting their best players on form and, uh, you know, filling the spine of their team with their better players. And I think if they can do that, you know, it'll be very, very hard. It'd be very hard to stop because they have some excellent hurlers. And again, which is very important at this time of year, they have a big, big physical presence. Now, they'll probably have to add, add a couple of young fellas. And, you know, Fintan Burke was very, very good there in the Championship for Galway this year. I'm not so sure what's the story with Brian Concannon. Looked very impressive and looked about to make a breakthrough this year. Uh, some in a couple of league games. And he was very impressive. So they'll want to add a little bit of fresh blood. And there's no reason why they shouldn't have new blood. Because, they've, you know, they've been very successful at minor level over the last few years. I know it's a big jump up to senior level. But certainly there's no lack of talent in Galway. Just back to you there for a sec, uh, Mark. Do you think with Joe Cannon getting older, it could be a possibility to throw him back on the edge of the square this weekend? Perhaps it's definitely uh, definitely an option. I mean, you, you, when he burst onto the scene there against Cork all that many years ago and scored the Tour de Force on Jamie O'Sullivan at the time, it looked like full full forward was his natural position. Uh, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't subscribe to the view that like he was very good at centre forward that that was his best, best position I think you know Joe Kenning getting four or five possessions on the edge of the square is good enough for me any day because if he gets four or five possessions well then he's going to get two goals and probably two or three points you know and that'll put Galway over the line against anyone any one of the teams that's out there you know maybe it might be the place from at this stage I know it's difficult to isolate full forwards and full backs with the way that the game is played at the moment maybe there might be an element of moving them in and out um, to keep the opposition guessing. But I definitely think if they can afford to put him on the edge of the square with teams a little bit stretched, I think that's where he's, he, he's at his best. And uh, I think, you know, just looking at it from a defender's point of view, I'm sure you're looking at it from a goalie's point of view there, Graham. Yeah. He's the guy you wouldn't like to see in front of you oh, the edge of the square. You know? Worst man to be standing on the edge of the six-yard box. Yeah. Maybe maybe two points in it and, and them dropping the ball in near the end of the game. You know what do you do in that scenario? What does the full back do? Um, no, I think I think it's a thing where you know the likes of Joe Canning's a sort of player, and, and we have one of those players in our club where it, I, I I think he might get slightly frustrated sitting in full back. Yeah. Or in in front of him, or sorry, full forward. He's marking the full back, and there's a sweeper sitting in front of him, and he maybe goes 10, 15 minutes without a play. I think yeah. Joe. Probably everybody in Ireland and everyone oh, we would probably love to see Joe on the edge of the square and exactly like you say, if Joe gets three balls, you're probably going to get 2-1 off it or maybe another penalty. Yeah. But I think Joe himself is the player. I, I don't know and, and, and probably shouldn't be talking like this on this podcast, but just looking at, at, at him as a player, I think he's the sort of player that likes getting involved in the game, pass and move and uh, if there's a ball getting in the full forward line attack and the breaks off that. So Maybe it's an idea, he, he, you know, he should be in there a couple of times just to rest him up. But Jesus, Jesus, the break is bound to have done Joe Canning, done Joe Canning good. Like, you know, um, there was a couple of games there where, where maybe even in the club there where he was maybe getting frustrated as well. Uh, and I think the break will have done Joe Canning no harm whatsoever. He should be getting in fresh now for the next few years thinking, right, well, I want I want to get back up, up to the top table get back to a couple of All-Ireland semi-finals, back in the Leinster finals, because that's where he should be. We all want to see Joe Canning on the edge of the square and receiving balls to score and passing and, and stuff, because and I, I really do think the break will do Joe Canning a world of good, you know, 
Um, you've been there yourself, Mark. You're on the road ten years, and and everyone probably wanting to take you to the cleaners as a player. I think Rick will have done him no harm whatsoever. And if you do put Joe Canning at corner forward, for instance, what mm. do you do in that scenario? Yeah. You know, where, does does the sweeper go over slightly over then? Do you know because that's still a one on one over there. Um, I think Galway and Shane O'Neill. Uh, has proved himself as well when the piercing and all. He, he, he'll he be very clued in tactically as well. He'll know if he'll have maybe two sweepers or one sweeper. So um, he'll want Joe maybe moving around the field a bit, getting on a few balls in the edge of the square. And goals could be the key in this championship. You know, teams are going to score 20, 25 points. Maybe if you can get them two or three goals, that's what's going to push you over the line, you know. Yeah, and back to you, Graeme. Um... Wexford's probably going to see a similar enough team, you'd imagine. Maybe Joe O'Connor in a cornerback showed well in the league. Maybe Aidan Rossford at half forward. But probably a similar enough team. And then when it opens up, bringing on David Dunn, maybe Seamus Casey, Aidan all of these lads. But um, you'd expect to see a similar enough um, Wexford team. But if you might remember from a few years ago when Galway met Wexford, down in Wexford Park, what they done was went long with the puckouts and just shot all day from long range to beat the sweeper system. So that's yeah. really how Wexford are going to have to come up with some sort of a plan. You feel? Yeah, and and the thing about it is though, Davy Davy will maybe know that that right. Well, if these go rip one, um, Nolan, uh, Kevin Nolan isn't exactly a big man. So if you're going in against likes of Joseph Cooney or Joe Canning on a high ball. The sweeper actually isn't really all that effective sometimes either because the likes of TJ Reid can catch the ball over the sweeper. He can, you know, exactly back again to the, the sweeper system that Davey will, if he plays it. Um, I, I still think that if Joe Canning's in there or the likes of a Joseph Cooney in there and, and layoffs, the sweep the sweeper's out the window then. Um, but getting... Think, I'm thinking of the Limerick team. I think the half forwards, Davies half forwards, will work very hard out the field so they're not going to be shooting from distance. They might go back to McDonald on the edge of the square and, and nearly play with everybody up the field as well so that the right half back, Claudie, um, what do you call the right half back? Claudie uh, can put balls over from the half back line and uh, from, from everywhere, really. So every Shane O'Neill and all these managers now, with all the analysis that's out there, They'll know, well, we can't leave these boys free because there'll be simple scores uh, from 70, 80 metres. Like, Groot Hegarty was hitting the ball at the weekend there as if he was tapping the ball. And he's hitting the 70, 80 metres over the bar. And um, I think the same will happen this weekend. I think everyone will try to push up, make a load of space, a load of space for their own forward line, but making sure that five and seven and six aren't left free. So, uh, again, tactically, lads, it'll be just intriguing with, with these two guys like, yeah, absolutely, it definitely will. And do you feel really what Davey's going to try and do, Mark, this weekend is probably get Galway's physical backs maybe exploited one-on-one so the likes of Chin, Morris and Rory O'Connor can take these boys on one-on-one? Yeah, probably that's what, what that's probably what they'll try and do. Wexford will probably try and outnumber Galway in the middle third and just get more bodies there. And again, something like Limerick, try and get it to the free man uh, who can score and um, what you'll find is the likes of Dio the Keefe there like you know if Galway followed our men up to the field to an extent he runs from deep and gets in behind those halfbacks and looks like simple scores then 
They'll try to do that. I don't think Wexford are going to try to do anything different to what they did last year. Um, it's bodies, huge amount of bodies there in around the middle third. You could even see like the um, Neil Ryan got a great score there last year against Tip from fullback, ran about 70 yards. To that space that's empty between the, the halfback and the fullback line on the opposite side of the field. And that's what they tried to do. Um, I don't think they'll try and do anything any different. It places big demands, all right, on fitness and big demands on your work rate around the field. Um, they'll try to set a fast tempo that Galway won't be able to live with. Um, and it's going to be very, very intriguing. Um, they've got some very, very good players. I mean, like on a given day, like up front, like if the likes of, you know, Rory O'Connor and Lee Chin, like so Liam O'Gmacover, these guys, Paul Morris there, if he's starting, you know, if they hit a day, like they have some very, very good players. Um, you know, at the back end, they're very good as well. Paddy Foley, they're excellent. You know, Liam Ryan, Matthew O'Hanlon, outstanding players. I just feel like that they're the one team that can't, like Mark Fanning as goalie is brilliant as well. You know that, Graham, he's outstanding. Um, I just feel that they can't do without their full complement of players. I, I don't think they have the same maybe strength and depth as uh, as the likes of a tip or the likes of a limerick at the moment. And I feel like that they'll have to be at full tilt. And the way they play at uh, full tilt six, seven weeks, it is possible, but it's going to place huge, huge demands on them. Galway, a lot of uncertainty. Nobody kind of knows what kind of shape they're in. Weren't overly impressive in the league, but they have the hurlers if they hit it on a, on, on a given day. Um, Wexford will try and move them about. Like Galway will try and move Wexford about as well. You look, you look at the likes of Matthew Hannon and these guys. Like they're very, very good players, but they'll try and move them around. But I, I, I'm not so sure. Like Galway have kind of the pace to play that kind of game. I feel they're probably a little bit more better mixing it up a bit and going direct the odd time, mixing Joe in and out from 14 out to number 11, and maybe in the spell for a corner as well, coming across. Like, if you look at the All-Ireland final, that, that Limerick won against Galway, they were kind of maybe a little bit overly concentrated on Johnny Glynn, edge of the square. Sometimes I feel maybe with someone like Joe on the edge of the square, or sorry, in the corner, or even Connor Whelan, who might be centre-forward, but he, like the likes of him in the corner, like if the full forward has just gone out maybe 30 yards, looking for that short one, and tempting the full back to leave the square, I just feel if Joe or Connor Whelan's in the corner coming across onto that high ball, like they're almost unstoppable. Like if you create that kind of situation, but they were overly concerned with leaving Johnny Glynn on the edge of the square against Limerick. I just feel that little tweak, something like that, a little bit kind of more creative um, um, use of the, their players in the edge of the square. I think they have a massive goal threat if they just kind of work that with those, the personnel that they have. Like Connor Cooney as well there in the county final got a great goal. Like, he's a massive talent as well, but, you know, form can be up and down. I and mean, if he plays well, and he's still a young player, like, like Galway has some huge options up the front, up front, like the two Mannions, like, they're outstanding players as well, like, um, and if they hit form, like, they're, 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 they're really, really, you know, Parks is probably the best striker of a ball in the country, like, so, you know, if Galway get their act together, you know, I think they have more options than Wexford. I feel like Wexford really let an opportunity slip last year. I think they kind of maybe got a bit of white line fever towards the end against Tip, like started bombing puck outs long where, where, when they had an extra man and no need for them to do that. If they stuck to their game plan, I think they would have seen it out. Now Tip showed great character, but I think Wexford kind of let an opportunity slip last year. I'm not so sure, like even though they're a young team and they're going to be there for the next five years, the likes of Wexford, you know, I'm not so sure how many chances you get you know, when the thing is at your mercy, like it's going to be some, it's going to be some um, comeback for them this year if they can manage to pull an All Ireland out of it. I'm just not so sure that they're going to do it. 
Hey, along the similar lines that go, I just have that bit more of a trick, Graham. I don't know. Um, like Mark named a few players there in the forwards, like you know your Lee Chins and 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 Lee Chins and Connor McDonald and these boys. I I I I don't know. I think they've been on the road. Like like Galway, we were talking there. Who who's going to be your number three if Dahi Burke isn't there? That means Connor McDonald's going on the edge of that square. You know, Conor McDonald, if he's given three or four high balls, he's slightly like uh, uh, Canning. If he gets two or three high balls, you could end up with two or three goals and the game will be over. You know, so Galway will have to have somebody tried and tested a fullback. I know Fenton Burke's a strong, strong player. For Thomas has won and probably won a couple of All-Irons or whatever. But I just think that, I, personally speaking, I think Wexford are tried and tested. They've been on the road a while with Davey. They've got an extra two or six weeks, probably preparation. I just think that that's why I'm going to give Wexford a nod actually this weekend to beat Galway. Moving on to the um, Joe McDonald Club action. Um, Mark, Westmead versus Kerry. Kerry got off to a great start. Westmead got off to a terrible start. But there'll probably be a lot of home truths this weekend. But losing Killian Doyle for Westmead is such a massive blow and it doesn't look like the Davy Glenn and transfer has come true for this year either. So there's significant blows for Westmead. Definitely, yeah. And like I was looking at their um their team last week when I saw the result against Antrim and I said, Jeepers, they must be down a few players and they actually got Westmead had quite a strong team out, like and um, you know, they'll be very, very disappointed with that performance against Antrim. So it looks like for Westmead at this stage it's nearly last chance saloon, so they're gonna need a result against Kerry. They're at home. They have to win, so they're kind of going us to the head. Uh, carrying a great result um, against Mead after being beaten by Antrim the week before in the league final. So, um, you know, the, the stakes are very high in this one, and, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be an opportunity for Kerry probably to put Westmead out of it. But uh, Westmead, if they're to have any aspirations going forward, they're going to have to... Um, they're going to have to win this one, and it's it's a big ask after such a you know a tough day at the office last week. Like they were comprehensively beaten, and you know Antrim scored goals at one stage almost at will, and uh, you know Westmead probably not their true form. They've um, some very very good players like Tommy Doyle, centre back there, our full back um, like Savon Price, um, these guys Mac Nicholas and Niall O'Brien. They're all well able to hurl like, and I'm sure they'll be expecting far. A lot, a fair lot more. Even though you know Killian is, is a huge loss, uh, both from playing from freeze, they'll they'll be looking for a, a big performance against Kerry. And is it Westmead to react? Do you think, or do you think Kerry can produce a shock? I'm not so sure. Um, like I, 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 I think if you look at it, there's been very little between Kerry and Westmead over the last few years um, at this level. Um, there, there may be a suspicion, maybe that West means better days. Maybe are behind them. I know I wouldn't know enough about that, but you know, there, the, there would be, you know, a bit of chatter about that. Um, and I think Kerry are coming with a little bit of momentum after winning against Meade. So, you know, I give Kerry a great opportunity. Like, it, it's one thing overturning a kind of a seven point, six point defeat, but overturning a nineteen point defeat, there's surely probably a lot of introspection, you know, in the week, uh, in the aftermath of that game. Now, the only thing is, which is in a positive in a way, is that, you know, 
this match is coming straight away the week after. You know, you find that if there's two or three weeks between games, the negativity is almost, you know, crippling. So they've had little time, maybe just just go through the um, the facts of the game, the negatives, obviously trying to improve on certain things and the matches upon them before they know it. So maybe that's a good thing for Westmead. And, you know, it's going to be a massive test of their character. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give it a go. And, you know, in the normal course of events, Westmead would be favoured to beat Kerry because, like, they were in Division 1A this year, won the Joe McDonough last year, were very, or sorry, they were beating the Joe McDonough final last year, uh, having had an impressive campaign and just leaped on the day were just a little bit better. So Westmead would almost have been seen as the, the next team to win the Joe McDonough this year. So in the normal course of events, you know, you'd be expecting Westmead to win. But I, I just, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of the Kerry players, you know, they're all, all very good, seem to have a bit of momentum now. And uh, with a win under their belts, I'd fancy them to to, to go and uh, beat Westmead at the weekend. And the final game in the Joe McDonough Cup, uh, Graeme, uh, Carlo, who got relegated last year from the Leinster Championship, looking to go uh, straight back up. But a disappointing league campaign. Antrim absolutely flying at 4.25 without... Neil McManus is probably the most impressive thing from last weekend. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing about um the so called weaker counties, you know, the likes of your Westmeads. Um, if you're missing maybe one or two, especially forwards, if you're missing one or two of your best forwards, I find at that level, you know, you could be taking seven, eight, nine points away from your total score. Like so so Westmead going up going up last week to, to answer maybe without Gillian Doyle. That was probably a negative in itself. Going away up to Belfast to to try to like the the, the game was in was in St John's uh, Corrigan Park, and that's that's a bit like it's a bit like Parnell. It's a beautiful pitch now, beautiful carpety pitch. Um, but Antrim are very very good there. To be honest, I've watched Antrim in a two or three games up there actually against Kerry in one of the games last year, uh, and they were very very good. So. At that level, if teams can get their full complement of players out, especially their best forwards, I think they'll be very hard to beat. And that's why I think that, you know, Kerry will beat Westmead. I think Kerry will start to come with a bit of momentum now. But um, there's, there's huge questions, a bit like the, the top tier uh, Liam McCarthy teams, in the fact that Carlo were playing Leinster Championship last year. You know, Liam McCarthy hurling Antrim are on a crest of a wave, but I still think Carlo will have a bit of a kick in them. I think Carlo will have, you know, um, you look at some of their club, their club hurlers. If they can get all them players in the pitch, um, I think Carlo will be very hard to beat. Um, yes, Antrim are flying, but I think that's the game. This is the this this could be a uh, a winner take all game. This this one of these teams could get to the final of the Joe McDonough after the weekend here. You know, absolutely, it'll be interesting to see and some intriguing action to look forward to. But thanks a million for your time, Mike Foley and Green Clark.